You're listening to the Geek Watch Podcast, Episode 65, Avengers Endgame Review. This is the Geek Watch Podcast with Brian Hatcher and Mandy Petrie. Greetings, Geek Watchers, and welcome to episode 65 of the Geek Watch Podcast. I'm Brian Hatcher, and with me, as always, Geek Watch's own resident geek goddess, Mandy Petri. Hi, Brian. Well, this is going to be a special edition podcast because... A very special episode. Yeah, because we're only going to do... <laughs> we're only going to talk about one thing today. We're going to talk about Avengers Endgame, because mm-hmm. we've both seen it. Yes. Now, officially, the spoilers, according to the Russo brothers... The last day for not spoiling the movie is actually this coming Monday. Oh, okay. So, so four, five days from the point where we've mm-hmm. uh, we, we're recording, but we are. I'm going to put this out on Saturday. So if uh, you're hearing this before the uh, embargo has been lifted, but you've seen it, you know certainly listen on. But if you've not seen the movie, even if it's past the embargo, if you've not seen the movie, I know it sounds weird for me to say this, but don't listen to this podcast. Still give it five stars. Still, exactly. Yeah, uh, still rate it very well. But yeah. uh, hold off on this podcast until you've seen the movie because we are going to talk spoilers. Spoiler warning, spoiler warning. But uh, this is definitely the type of movie you don't want to uh, have spoiled. But it's also the type of movie that once you've seen it, you really want to talk about it. So mm-hmm. hence the reason why the Russo said, hey, after Monday, guys, I mean, we gave you two weeks and mm-hmm. because people want to talk about the movie, definitely. And we're certainly going to talk about it today. And one reason why we're only going to be talking about the movie today is one, because not just because of the size of the movie, but because of everything that happened in the movie, there's a lot of things to unpack, certainly. So it's probably going to take us the entire podcast really to talk about everything that we want to talk about as far as Endgame is concerned. And also... Because we're going to spend the entire podcast talking about Endgame, we will not be discussing the Sonic the Hedgehog trailer that dropped this week at all. We're not going to bring. I didn't see it. <laughs> I said we're not going to talk about it. Okay. Well, maybe we'll talk about it next weekend. I don't eh. know, but <laughs> but today it's an all Endgame all the time podcast. So last week I mentioned that I'd I'd seen it early. We had actually recorded on Friday instead of Thursday, and I, mm-hmm. and me and Kevin went to see it on Thursday, and then you saw it Saturday. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what did you think? How do you even begin? Of But I love most movies. I loved it, of course. Um, I wasn't so bad about crying as many people were. I was pretty bad about cheering, though. Um, but I don't think the people around me minded too much. But I did cheer a lot, and I almost stood up at times and raised my hands. And so uh, overall, I mean, it was just beautifully made piece of art. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I will say is that it did, and some people had mentioned this, is that it did feel kind of like three movies because it's like the first hour was a certain tone. The second hour had a different tone. The third hour was a completely different tone, uh, which I really liked. And they kind of pretty much named them. So like, I mean, let's, you know, starting at the beginning. Uh, well, first of all, all our trailers did very well at fooling us. Thinking yeah. that, okay, here we go. Spoilers, guys. Thinking that Tony has been out floating in space all by his lonesome and just, you know, wasting away. But no, 
No, he has had some unusual company with him. Nebula has been uh, spending time with him. I guess this would be uh, the, like, I would call it the recovery, the heist, and the battle. Right. Those those are the three, those are the three titles I would give the three movies. I, I would agree with you on mm-hmm. that. Yeah, the first, the first hour, there was a lot of weird stuff going on and a lot of subversion of expectations because... Going into the movie, of course, we all thought that it was all going to be about gathering everything together, coming up with a plan, and finally facing Thanos. And within the first 15 minutes of the movie, uh, Thanos is dead. Yep, the, got that done. Yes, they show up, and uh, Thor winds up cutting his head off. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, we wind up with a, with a problem, which is the reason they were able to find where Thanos was was because he'd use the stones again. He'd use the Infinity Stones. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we discovered that he used them to destroy the Infinity Stones. So now there's no take backsies. Mm-hmm. The stones are gone. So the whole plan of get the stones, fix everything that Thanos did, now that's out of the way. Uh, that's not going to happen. Right. So the moment that Thor cuts his head off and it's like, what did you do? Mm-hmm. It's like, I aim for the head. The one thing that he didn't do in Infinity War, he makes up for but unfortunately at this point it's too late and then right after that point you get five years later mm-hmm. which is quite you know i don't know that anyone really thought that that's what was going to be oh I uh, didn't. it shot all my theories out the window so you know of course bringing captain marvel into it and she you know deus ex machina grabs up tony and nebula goes back to earth we gather all our survivors together and now we're, you know, after the Thanos is gone, now we have the aftermath right. of five years without anyone. And, uh, you know, we've got the we've got the memorials up and we've got the support groups and all this very somber and yet happiness because we see Tony with his family. Right. And we know that in the wake of tragedy life must go on right heartbreaking as it is life must go on yeah you have captain america basically leading these support groups which it's a call back to captain america the winter soldier Mm -hmm. because uh sam uh, falcon Mm -hmm. was he was doing a support group and so now you're you've got captain america doing the same thing Mm -hmm. and of course you have black widow trying to find what happened to hawkeye because his entire they start the movie with his entire family getting wiped out in front of him <sighs> yeah and <laughs> i mean we kind of knew that it was going there but then you see it happen and it's and just that he turned around and they were gone yeah uh, had no idea you know most people got to see someone fade away so they kind of have an idea well something happened well here he just turns around and they're just gone yeah and Oh, it was it quite was, tragic. <laughs> oh, yeah. And and basically, the starting out the movie that way, just to let you know what we're in for. Mm-hmm. And by the mid middle part of the first hour, everything just seems so depressing. Everybody has basically settled in and are learning to deal with what they believe is going to be their brand new reality. And there's nothing they can do about it. You know, the stones are gone. Tony is basically taken off with Pepper. They're living out in the off woods. Off the grid. They're com- they're mm-hmm. off the grid for the most part. And Tony- and as we get with you know uh, with Captain Marvel there, telling them you know it's not just happening here on Earth. It's happening everywhere. Right. 
which takes her really off of Earth for a long time, because mm-hmm. as she puts it, there are thousands of planets, and not all of them have the Avengers, obviously. Mm-hmm. Not all of them have people. So she has to take on her shoulders the safety of thousands of worlds mm-hmm. that have no one basically to protect them. And so everybody's kind of settled into what they figure their their reality is going to be. But then we get the twist. Mm-hmm. And so now we have to talk about <laughs> the, the big hero of the movie, which, of course, is uh, a rat, a simple rat. But that's <laughs> but that rat, uh, because yes. of that rat, um, <laughs> because of that rat walking across a control panel, you know. In a uh, junkyard in, in the a, middle of nowhere, there's middle. just a van sitting somewhere. <laughs> but it's a, it's a van that we are very familiar with. And by the rat hitting the proper switches. Mm-hmm. Of course, we get Ant-Man back. Ant-Man Scott, comes out of the quantum realm. Where he has been, well, he's been there for five years, but to him it seems like five hours. Mm-hmm. And he uh, comes out to find that the world has gone. Completely, yes. Not what he was expecting at no, all. everything is, he comes back to a broken world. Mm-hmm. And just like Captain America waking up in, you know, the, the first Avenger, wakes up into a completely different world. And doesn't have any idea of what's going on. Yeah. And he does finally find the, uh, a memorial of all the people that have been lost. And, of course, he's looking over them panicking because he's afraid he's going to see Cassie's name on there. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't, but he sees his own name. And he realizes, wait a minute, people she think. She thinks, yeah. She thinks he's dead. And he finds her. Uh-huh. And, of course, we realize this has been five years, so she's a teenager now. Mm-hmm. And that was that was beautifully acted. That was a great oh, moment. Yeah. And just that, you know, unbelievable on your face that you've got hope but you're cautious and you know is this real or am i dreaming and she did a great job oh great job. yeah very much so but I, and I, i'll say of course with uh ant-man uh with scott lang back and he realizes that in the quantum realm time doesn't pass in the same speed because he was in there for what to him seemed like five hours but five years passed and he comes up with this idea Hey, if we all go into the quantum realm, perhaps we can go back in time. Mm-hmm. We can find the Infinity Stones, bring them back, and and unsnap everything. Mm-hmm. And so, by being able to go back in in time, this becomes what they call the time heist. Yes, and I I love that that whole scene of Tony. Please tell me that you are not uh, your plan doesn't involve Back to the Future. Yep, <laughs> it sure does. Well, yeah. <laughs> It sure does. <laughs> yeah, of course. Now, now, time travel in this situation—it's not—it's not this Back to the Future and the fact that if you affect something in the past, it's going to change something in the future. That's why they couldn't go back and say one of the things they said. Well, why don't we just go back and kill Thanos as a baby? Well, you create a new timeline, but that doesn't do anything about the old timeline. Mm-hmm. And so they're really starting to leave, just like the first Ant Man introduced us to the quantum realm which is of course led to this at the same time the these multiple timelines and different realities are going to lead into of course when we talked about disney plus and their what if series Mm -hmm. and so it kind of leads into that so they come up with this plan and they decide they're going to split up because the pym particles obviously since hank pym is yeah yeah, finite because hank pym is gone so Mm -hmm. he's not there to create any more so, they have enough for each one of them to take a trip back and return. So, they split up into teams. Mm-hmm. And 
there was a point at this where they were where uh, Black Widow and Hawkeye. Well, at this point, he's turned into Ronin because Black Widow does eventually find him, and he's out killing people mm-hmm. as Ronan. But so, they never really say the name Ronan. So. Yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. out of the comics. Mm-hmm. That's out of the comics. Yeah, so the, the layperson, you know, just moviegoer won't know that. So Right. But, uh, well, it's like La- they never said Lady Deathstrike's name in X-Men. They only called her Yuriko, so right. know, only we, geek, we comic book geeks knew that she was Lady Deathstrike. Right. And so... When they split up, of course, they're going to have Black Widow and Ronan slash Hawkeye slash Clint Barton. They're going to go and get the Soul Stone. And mm-hmm. the moment they were going, I'm like, wait a minute. Hold on a second. The last time somebody went to get the Soul Stone, that somebody had to die. Right. Sacrifice. I had this real sick feeling. And unfortunately, I was right. Oh. Yeah. Somebody had to die. Now, what I thought was going to happen was it was going to be, it was going to be Hawkeye, because Black Widow has a movie coming up. <laughs> yeah. Now the thing is, Hawkeye has a, a television series coming out. So, uh, yeah. So I wasn't sure, but I figured Hawkeye would be the one who would who would make the sacrifice. But that's not what happened. No. They he wanted to make the sacrifice, and they they were fighting over the sacrifice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They were fighting over it, and Black Widow wins. And so fighting to save the other person rather than fighting to kill the other person. Right. Uh, yeah. And so we we wind up with our first major sacrifice there with Black Widow mm-hmm. dying, and oh boy, mm-hmm. that was uh, like I said a major shock. Mm-hmm. And then we have our next emotional point where we have thor and uh rocket going back to asgard to get the mm-hmm. aether and i re- this is you know thor 2 uh the dark world and yeah. so and i was shocked to see uh that they brought jane foster back mm-hmm. and so she was at you know she um was there and in the scene where he gets to talk to his mother one last oh, time yeah. and you know in this entire film thor has really been such a comic relief in the whole film, he's been funny. He's been, you know, just this kind of depressed guy who's trying to trying to make the best of life in New Asgard. <laughs> that was, that oh, was yeah. quite well, beautiful. A couple of things and, that we need to mention. Of course, mm-hmm. Well, the first thing is the town, and I can't pronounce it, so I'm not even going to try. But the town, which became New Asgard, it is a callback to Captain America, uh, the first Avenger, because it's the same town where uh, the Red Skull found the Tesseract. Huh, okay. It had been hidden away by Odin worshippers. <laughs> and so that's why you see the you see the world tree and it was this Bas relief of the world tree and it was hidden inside of it. Mm-hmm. But yes, yeah, it was it was the exact same town. So you get that callback because, you know, they're back there and now that's New Asgard. And when Rocket and the Hulk, which at this point, he is Professor Hulk because mm-hmm. over the five years, Banner's been able to figure out how to be the Hulk but maintain his in- intellect. Mm-hmm. So he looks like the Hulk, but he acts like Banner. Yep. But uh, yeah, when you first see Thor, who's basically playing Fortnite and drinking beer all day, mm-hmm. you know, with Korg and Neeg, and when you first see him, you're like, oh my God, he looks like the. <laughs> the dude. He looks like the dude. The big Lebowski. The big Lebowski. Yes. And he is. He's mm-hmm. uh he's he's rocking a beer gut and with some very good prosthetics because they, they looked it looked real. Yeah, yeah, it looked it looked real. But 
of course, he's just eaten up with guilt and the fact that, you know, he had failed to stop Thanos and he's kind of given up. And this mission gives him a chance to to make amends and and put things right. But, yeah, that moment where he's with his his mom, uh, Renee Russo, she comes back for this. Uh, there are so many cameos that shock the heck out of me. I mean, a lot of people who've, who come in I didn't expect to see. And Renee Russo in this one, I mean, she was in two Thor movies, and she had tons more lines in Endgames than she had <laughs> in both the other movies mm-hmm. combined because she was kind of a side character. But she really puts the... I mean, she really brings the emotion into the scene because reminding Thor who he was and giving him permission to be the person that he is and not the person that people expect him to be. But and then you get that wonderful ending at uh, at the end where he he goes to summon uh, Molnir, yep, and and catches it and it's like I'm still worthy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all it's it's beautiful but almost a little bit heartbreaking. And of course, he winds up taking it with him, knowing that they'll they'll bring it back eventually. Mm-hmm. But now he gets to double fist, and, mm-hmm. you know, with, he's got Stormbreaker and he's got Molnir, And so, of course, he'll he'll be using both of them in, in, the, in the fight that's coming. Yes. But then we wind up in a situation where three of the stones are in New York City. Right. And so they're able to kind of split up and do that. And then we get another cameo because uh, Banner goes after the Time Stone and he's looking for Doctor Strange. But Doctor Strange isn't Doctor Strange yet. But the Sanctum Sanctorum still needs to be protected from the alien invasion because that's where they landed. They wound up landing in the alien invasion to to get everything. And so Hulk has to deal with the Ancient One. So they brought Tilda Swinton back. And we get a great callback because when he's deciding maybe he needs to threaten her a little bit to get the Time Stone because she's not really all that eager to give it up. And he gets his soul punched out of his body Mm -hmm. because she can do those things. Because yep. she's about that life. Mm-hmm. And so she punches the Hulk's soul out. And, and uh, one of the few times we actually get to see Bruce Banner's Bruce Banner, even though he's the ghost of Bruce Banner, I guess, technically. Mm-hmm. And they did a good job with the explaining the multi-timelines uh, right. at, at that point. Um, the Ancient One, she describes, you know, this is our timeline, but what will happen if this happens? And then uh, Bruce Banner's like, oh, but... I'm a scientist and I got my science things going on. Right. And he's like, so he's all like, we have to do is, yeah, he says, all we have to do is bring it back at the exact same moment where we took it and mm-hmm. the timeline will continue the way it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. And so the way he winds up talking her into giving up the, the time gem was, I thought, uh, really clever. He's like mentioning that, that Stephen Strange surrendered the time gem and now we have to fix it voluntarily. And she's like, wait a minute. If he gave it up, then there was a reason. There was a reason. And so she winds up giving up the time jet. And then we have the other two. Uh, we have the Tesseract and we have the, which is, of course, the Space Stone. And then we have the Mind Gem, which was in the, the scepter that Loki had. And so right at the moment where he, he's defeated in the first uh, Avengers film is where they decide to drop in mm-hmm. and steal everything. And so, and so it becomes the job of Iron Man and Ant Man to to Ocean's Eleven to Ocean's Eleven the the, uh, the, the Tesseract where Captain America winds up having to get the scepter. And we'll talk about the scepter first because there are a couple of really funny things about what's going on with that. Because when Shield shows up to to get the scepter, he follows him into the elevator. 
And then you recognize all these people as you've seen the Winter Soldier, because these are the people he got into the fight with in the elevator. Mm-hmm. And he also knows because of the events of uh, the Winter Soldier, he's also aware that they're, they're shield agents, that they are shield agents, but they're undercover. Mm-hmm. And so you get this because, of course, in the last movie, this turned into a big fight. You think, oh, we're going down that road again. But that's not what happens. Steve decides to be a little more strategic. And so he asks for the he asks for the scepter and they're like, well, but we have orders. He's like, don't worry about it. And he leans over to the to the one guy and goes, hail Hydra. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, OK, you're one of us. So that's cool. And gives him the scepter, which is. Just hands it right over. Just hands it over. Now, what's funny about that, of course, is there was a a controversy uh, a couple years ago because using the Cosmic Cube in the comics, history was rewritten and Steve Rogers was a a Hydra agent. Oh, wow. And so, and that upset people because they didn't tell them right off the bat that's what had happened. So people thought that, oh, you just threw away all this history of Steve Rogers. Uh, and made him a Hydra agent. And they're like, you lied to us. You're trying to tell us that through all these years, he's been a Hydra agent. And there's that moment where Steve Rogers pushes a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent off a helicarrier to his death and just says, hail Hydra. <laughs> and everybody's like, people were shocked. Mm-hmm. You know, this was like, uh, well, we'll use a, a wrestling reference. This is when Hulk Hogan became, um, when they found out he was a member of the NWO, that one moment where people just flipped out, you know, because everything they thought about the character had had just been tossed out the window. And so it's sort of a nod to that, which I thought was really uh, amazing. But in the meantime, of course, we have uh, Tony and Scott trying to get the, uh, the, tesseract. the tesseract and having to basically fake a heart attack, cause, a heart, cause attack. a heart attack in the earlier Tony by having Ant-Man crawl into his chest reactor and do a little short circuit. Mm-hmm. They hotwired Tony. They hotwired Tony for just a moment. Now, here's where things get interesting. Of course, they've they've captured Loki, and when Tony's getting ready to to walk off with the Tesseract, unfortunately, what had happened is with the Avengers, uh, the Avengers who had captured Loki, and they're getting ready to go uh, go downstairs from from Stark Towers. Of course, Hulk can't get into the elevator because of the weight. <laughs> So he has to take the stairs, and he's not happy about it. He's Hulk mad about the stairs. stairs. Hulk hates stairs. And so what happens, of course, is when he gets to the bottom, he just punches the door, and that screws up everything. And so Loki, saying that the Tesseract is just laying there on the floor, he's like, well, what the heck? So he grabs it and disappears, mm-hmm. which makes us wonder, oh, now we've got a new timeline. So maybe that's how we're going to get that Loki TV show on Disney+. Plus. Maybe we're going to follow that Loki, who now has a time stone and can go wherever he wants. But now they're short a time stone, or not a time, the space stone. And so what happens, of course, is that Tony and um, Steve have to go back further in time to a place where they can get the Tesseract and also get more pin particles, because they've only got enough for one trip. So they decide they're going to split off and... They're going to go to the uh, bunker where uh, where Steve, where he trained and he became a super soldier later on in, uh, in time, right about the time where Hank Pym was working for S.H.I.E.L.D. And, of course, there are Pym particles there, but the Tesseract's also there. And we get a couple of beautiful moments there. Mm-hmm. 
and the reason they they know uh, because Tony knows that his dad is going to be on this base at that time. And when they go back in time, of course, he comes face to face with his dad and, you know, he gets to talk about, you know, naming him and, uh, you know, what does he feel like being a father? It's right. It's because that's something that Tony knows about now. Mm-hmm. And because he's a father, he understands his father better. And of course, there's always been this kind of a gulf between Tony and, and Howard Stark. And Tony's all, had all these unresolved issues, and he gets this moment where he gets to resolve the issue. Mm-hmm. And of course, with Steve, he runs into well, he doesn't. She doesn't see him, but he sees her. But you see Peggy Carter, mm-hmm. and which reminds him of you know, because there was that there was that line, and I think it was in um, in Avengers, the second Avengers, Age of Ultron, where he says, you know, at one time I wanted to have a family and settle down, but that person went into the ice seventy years ago, and I th- and the same person didn't come back out of the ice, but that just reminded him of what he had lost. He's a man out of time. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of a reminder of what things could have been. Mm-hmm. And so they supposed to meet her at the what uh, USO club on Friday or right. They were going, that, they were going it? to go dancing. They yes. were going to go dancing, but he and, couldn't dance. Yeah. But he, and he never did get that. Didn't get to have that dance. Mm-hmm. And so, he sees her through the window and then they wind up leaving. And of course the last, the last uh, moment, the last stone power stone, you have Rhodey and Nebula who go to retrieve the stone before Peter Quill can Mm -hmm. get it. And so we get that one wonderful moment of, you get to see the opening of guardians of the galaxy of him dancing and singing, Mm -hmm. but you get to see it from the outside and how silly it is when you can't hear the music. Mm When you don't get to see it from his perspective, yeah. Yeah, where you don't get to hear the music and you have to hear him singing and dancing and it's kind of kind of <laughs> screwy. But Rhodey knocks him out and they get the stone. But unfortunately, what happens in this situation is, and this is the complication that will lead into yeah. the third act and the third hour, is because the old Nebula, who's still evil, is in that timeline. Basically, their computer consciousnesses sink, so they can they have each other's memories at this point, Mm -hmm. and so unfortunately now Thanos knows what they're up to, right? And Thanos is able to capture Nebula, but not only that, now he realizes that his plan worked, and he has this, you know, now he has this new new motivation. Yeah, he knows that what he's doing is going to work. And now that the the Avengers are getting all of the stones together, he's not even had to work at it. He just has to follow them. And so the evil Nebula winds up switching places, switching places with them and following them back into the future where she is able to use the time portal to bring Sanctuary One through the portal. And now Thanos and his army come marching through. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, since they got the time stones... Since Hulk, uh, since gamma radiation is his thing, and gamma radiation, especially in the um, in the Tesseract, you know, it emits gamma radiation. They figure he's the strongest because the snap releases so much energy that it it could kill anybody who uses it if they're not strong enough. And they figure Hulk is the person they're going to have to going to have to do that. And he does manage to snap, even though he winds up withering his hand, mm-hmm. his arm, all the way up to his shoulder. Uh, he's able to he's able to come up with a snap and it's like you think there's a victory here but then suddenly the avengers compound is attacked by 
But it, it was it was a, a short-lived victory, seeing the birds and seeing the phone, and you know that people are back and you're just waiting. You know it's out there. Yeah. And yeah, unfortunately, they do get attacked and, you know, and the compound is just flattened and Ant-Man has to save them and they're all out and we think it's all hopeless. And then all of a sudden, yeah. you hear a voice in Steve's ear. Right. Well, one thing that we have to mention, of course, is that we have that we have those moments where you have Iron Man, Captain America, and Thor fighting Thanos because he's just sitting there waiting because the old evil uh, Nebula and Gamora, who's at this point still working for her father, mm -hmm. uh, they're going after the gauntlet, the new gauntlet and the Infinity Stones. And you get this great moment, really, of the new of the new Nebula explaining to Gamora, "Hey, you know, I'm not the way that I used to be, and it was because of you." And she's starting to realize, "Hey, this she is she changes. She changes, and and she knows, and like you know, Nebula says to her, I, I know you're thinking it now, you know, and you you do you get there eventually, right? And of course, that allows her to kind of to switch off and and to help, basically, to change alliances." But you get this amazing fight between Thanos and the three main Avengers, and you get that wonderful moment where where Thor is about ready to die because Thanos is getting ready to push Stormbringer into his chest like he mm -hmm. like he did him. And then you see Molnir raise up and you see Captain America catch it. Yes, and everyone, oh, even Thor fanboys over it. I knew it. I knew it, and uh, yeah, yeah, that was that was a beautiful moment. And then, of course, you see Captain Marvel come back. The moment you were talking about happens mm -hmm. first, where everybody seems to be down, and Thanos basically calls his armies in, and you're getting the massive invasion. You see the Chitari, and I mean they're just getting ready to to swarm into the Earth because, well, as Thanos puts it, he says, "Normally, I don't take this personally, but I'm going to enjoy this." This is the one time I'm going to enjoy destroying. And he also des decides, because of what he's seen in the future, that, yeah, the plan of getting rid of half the people in the universe isn't going to work. He's going to have to get rid of everybody. Mm -hmm. And he'll just replace them with new life, life that doesn't know anything about the past. So they're grateful for what they have. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And Captain America, his shield's been smashed, broken to pieces by Thanos. He has Molnir, and he's standing there just opposite of this teeming armies and then as you said he hears this voice in his ear uh and it's it's uh sam he says to your left of course is the call back to the winter soldier again mm -hmm. and all these portals start opening and these portals are magic portals so mm -hmm. it's like so you have dr strange using his sling ring and all these other mages are opening up these portals and they're stepping Bring through everyone in yeah you see the armies of wakanda yes. and all these people are, are, are you know pouring in you see spider-man again mm -hmm. and you have that wonderful moment where he's trying to explain to tony what things were like and tony just reaches over and hugs him <laughs> which is a beautiful moment because again you know it's a call back to spider-man's um homecoming where you think Tony's giving him a hug? He's like, "No, I'm just getting the car door yes, for you." The door. Yep, uh, and it it is. It's it's beautiful, and I mean, you see everyone. You know, you see wasps suiting up. You see see everyone stepping in, and you see Pepper Potts <laughs> in the rescue armor. Oh, yes, as rescue, and and, and her and Tony fighting together. Yeah, and he says, "Your mom never wears anything I get her." <laughs> and of course, at this point, mm -hmm. she does. 
And I mean, everybody's pouring in and, you know, the big fight begins. I mean, it's mm-hmm. massive. At le- and you get that great line of Avengers Assemble. Which we have been waiting for 11 years for. <laughs> and we finally get that line. And at one point when, uh, and we got to mention this because some people are not back, obviously. Vision does not return. Yeah. We don't get Black Widow. Uh, she's not back. The modern Gamora, she's not back because they died and they're, they're not going to be coming back. But we do see the Scarlet Witch, and she she goes ham mm-hmm. on Thanos. He's like, she said, "You cost me everything," and he goes, "I don't even know who you are." He says, <laughs> "But you will," and just basically mm-hmm. picks him up and starts tearing his armor off uh, to the point where he basically calls a a strike on um, on the battlefield the, for his his ship Sanctuary One to basically open fire. Mm-hmm. To kill everybody. It would include his own soldiers. He says, I don't care. Do it. Mm-hmm. And the ship starts firing and people are dodging. We've got the mages putting up the shields. The mages and- are putting up the shields. Mm-hmm. Then suddenly the fire goes uh, skyways because there's something entering the atmosphere and it's Captain Marvel. Yes. And she, she starts right through their ship. It just disintegrates into air and just falls to pieces. And the, and the fight and the fight continues. So... So they, of course, realize they've got to get rid of those stones because if Thanos gets them, then he's going to snap. Uh, he's going to snap the half. You know, he's going to basically kill the entire universe mm-hmm. and rebuild it. And they discover that uh, the van. They find <laughs> they find the van. It's it's got the portal in it. So it becomes his major tag team of trying to get the gauntlet mm-hmm. to the van. Yeah, it was a relay race. Yeah, definitely. So- <laughs> And so you get you get a little bit of uh, Black Panther, you, you get a little bit of Spider Man, and then Valkyrie, uh, Valkyrie, and- <laughs> Valkyrie with her Pegasus. Yes. You finally get to see her ride her Pegasus, <laughs> which was awesome. Mm-hmm. And then you get this great moment where Spider Man has the gauntlet, and there's Captain Marvel, and right. she says, "Ah, oh, I think you got something and for he, me." And he's just introducing himself to everyone. Oh, oh exactly. I'm, hi, I'm I'm Spider Man. I'm Peter right. Parker. And then of course there's Captain Marvel, and, he, and she says, "I think you got something for me." Mm-hmm. He's like. These armies, how are you going to get through them? And you hear this voice. She's not going to have to go alone. And then we get, for the people who've seen, uh, who've read the comics, they know this reference. We get to see a force, uh, and a force is basically an all-female Avengers group. And we get to see all the women mm-hmm. from Avengers basically forming a gauntlet to basically help Captain Marvel get the gauntlet to the van, and which was amazing. And I. And that was the scene I was talking about. The minute I saw that, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, Mandy's going to love that. Yeah, it, it was be good. great. <laughs> but they don't quite make it to the van. The van winds up being destroyed. And you get this moment where Thanos gets the gauntlet. And he's putting it on. And Captain Marvel goes after him. He tries it to headbutt her. And she's like, I ain't having it. She just stands there. It's like, you're not phase me. So he to basically fight her off. He has to use the power stone to basically knock her away. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you see Iron Man go after him, grabs the gauntlets, not able to get it taken off. He's knocked away and he just and he just has that line. I am inevitable. And he goes to snap and nothing happens. And at that moment, he turns and he and Iron Man has the stones in his glove. And he goes, I am Iron Man. Mm-hmm. And he snaps. And at that snap. 
all of Thanos's all of his armies basically crumble to dust. Mm-hmm. And you have this you have this really poignant moment where Thanos is looking around and seeing everything that he all his dreams of the universe, everything that he wanted to do is just literally crumbling to dust around him and he just kind of sits there, he sits down, then of course he falls mm-hmm. to dust and you're like, "Oh, we won. This is fantastic." But then you realize, well, Tony is not He's, he's not the Hulk. He's not the Hulk. And using the stones has burnt half of him. And he's dying. Right. And so you get that moment with Peter Parker and then, of course, with Pepper, where she just says, we're going to be okay. You can sleep now. Mm-hmm. Which was a really, I mean, which goes back really to, to Iron Man 3, where Tony couldn't sleep. Because of everything that happened in New York, and he was so traumatized by it, you know, he couldn't sleep. And now, you know, Pepper tells him, well, now you can sleep. And Tony dies. And we, I had a feeling he was going to. I wasn't sure how that was going to happen. But wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, a very touching, very poignant moment. And Robert Downey Jr. gets his victory lap, basically. And you get that moment with the funeral where ev- that recording for you know his daughter yeah. and everyone. Well, I, I mean everybody. I mean everybody that that Tony Stark had dealt with, you know, was was in that funeral. Including there was a young teenager that I was like, "Who is that?" I didn't recognize him, and the reason I didn't recognize him is because he's older now. But he was the actor who played the boy that Tony Stark uh, ran into in uh, Iron Man Three. That the young inventor kid that he gave a bunch of money to 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 basically go to college and all this stuff. He was a kid that, uh, like Tony, his father had left him. And he's like, father's leave, get over it. (laughs) And so he's back and you get to see him in a cameo. I mean, beautiful moment. And then, and then of course we get to the point where now the infinity stones have to be returned. And Steve, Steve Rogers does it. And of course he has to return Molnir to, uh, and, uh, he disappears, and of course he's going to, he's supposed to be back in a few seconds, but he doesn't come back. And you get the feeling that uh, that Winter Soldier knew Bucky knew he wasn't coming back. He must have told him, but he doesn't come back. And you wonder what the heck happened. And then you see that old man sitting on the on the bench by the lake, and it's Steve, an old Steve, who decided, as he put it, "I'm going to get that life everybody tells me I should be getting." And so he he basically uh, goes back. To the moment where he dis- where he left Peggy Carter and you know has a life with her. It seems Did like he? because we have Agent Carter to contend with here. Yeah, well, so it could have been sometime after that that he you know met up with her. Well, you have the moment. I mean, you have the moment in the fifties where they're dancing together, mm-hmm. and so you know. But it had, but it was likely post Agent Carter time. Well, and we don't, here's the thing, because the way the Russos explained it is anytime you go back in time, you're creating a new timeline. And so he's created a timeline where he that he got to spend his life with Peggy Carter. So, you know, how that happened and how the, he was able to get because there was a, an article uh, in a Chinese newspaper. They interviewed the Russos or at least one of them. I can't remember which one it was. And he said that he basically went into another timeline where he got to live his life with with Peggy and somehow managed to come back to this timeline to give the, the shield to Sam. So he did wind up getting his life, the, you know, the life that he wound up, you know, leaving behind and getting 
to go back to where he was and all that stuff. Again, beautiful, beautiful movie. You get that victory lap. The interesting thing, of course, is that normally in movies, we, you have a uh, end credit scene. We didn't get that in this. We did get the sound of Tony Stark using, you know, hammering his first armor. You do get that kind of a victory lap. Now, of course, uh, the Russo said that uh, the next Spider-Man movie, Far From Home, is going to be the last movie in, in the uh, phase three. So it's going to be some sort of a coda, but it'll be interesting to see how that kind of reflects on uh, what we've seen before and, and to see where it basically ends everything. So we're not quite at the end yet, but we're almost there. Now, there are um, a couple things that I wanted to talk about before we go, because this movie has made a bunch of money. It's like <laughs> it's a billion and a half at this point. And they're thinking it could it could cross the two billion dollar mark within two weeks. And a lot of people weren't sure it was going to break a billion in the first weekend just because of the lack of uh, there's, there's only so many theaters. You know, somebody counted, OK, it's going to appear in this many theaters Assuming this this size of a crowd, th- just because of just the limit of space, it's only going to be able to make so much money. Now, people might want to go see it, but if tickets aren't available, they're just not available. And I saw a uh, I saw a video by a YouTube movie reviewer who uh, his name's Jeremy Johns, and he did a video about how how Avengers. Endgame was able to make so much money and it was something he used to work in a movie theater. I've, I've never worked in a movie theater and he brought up something that I hadn't thought about. And I thought was interesting is the fact that because we are now in a digital age, you're not limited by prints of a movie. Like so the reels you, that you have big yeah. wheels of a film that you exactly. have to lug around and change on, uh, on old yeah, fashioned cameras. Exactly. You don't have to do that now. And because you don't have to do that, you can show this movie in as many theaters as you want. You just have to copy them to the hard drive since they're digital. And so that gives movie theaters is like, hey, there's this movie that's been out for a bunch of weeks. We're only going to sell three tickets to this movie. Why don't we put uh, Avengers in there instead since we're going we're gonna to sell out that auditorium? Put that in a smaller yeah, theater. A smaller theater. Or you could even do a situation where in a theater where you're playing another movie, you can change the times around a little bit and and stick a screening of Avengers Endgame in the middle of a couple of showings of another movie. And so you have that ability. So you can, because it, it's so easy to put these movies into additional screenings. You have exactly three minutes to clean the popcorn up. <laughs> right. There you go. But because it's all digital, you have that ability to follow the, you know, when you see that there's a, you're going to sell a bunch more tickets, you have the ability to show it in as many theaters as you want at any, as many times as you want that you can expand out. And that's what a lot of theaters did. I mean, even the theaters here, even though we're, you know, we're, we're not a teeming metropolis, we still sold out of tickets. I mean, the reason Kevin and I were able to see it on Thursday night was there were a small handful of 3D showings. And it was in one theater. There were no other theaters that had any showings available. So Thursday, you know, was crazy. And But because it was digital, we had this ability, the ability to basically expand out and, and create new showings where if it was still on celluloid, you're kind of stuck. And that that's really what helped Endgame to basically hit that billion-dollar mark, $1.2 by Sunday, which was crazy. 
But uh, and there is one other thing before we go. One thing that I've been thinking about, and I, which I wanted to talk to you about, which is is Avengers Endgame going to get an Oscar this year? That I'm wondering about this, and here's why. You may remember the Lord of the Rings trilogy from years ago, and Return of the King, which was the third movie. It won the Oscar for Best Picture. And there's been this understanding that that Oscar was really for all three of the movies. They just gave it to the third one, but it was basically an Oscar that, that celebrated the achievements of these three movies. And I have to think, especially with the fact that uh, Black Panther was nominated last year, mm-hmm. and because of the fact that we are dealing with basically a body of work that over the course of 11 years, 22 films that the possibility exists, I feel, that they may nominate Endgame and the Academy give it the award for Best Picture, not just for that movie, but as uh, basically saying for the, the 22 films that you've created, it basically representing all this achievement of being able to not only create uh, this unprecedented narrative over 11 years and 22 films, but also for them to be as successful as they've been. And I mean, Endgame, the last of this of this series, at least, you know, because it, it I mean, really, if they didn't do any Marvel movies after this, Endgame feels like a really good stopping point. It feels like it was a it was a good cutoff point. Of course, they're going to make more, obviously. But with the success that Endgame has had with all the money that it's making and really just just the size of the I mean, just the scope of being able to tell a narrative in movies, I mean, which has never been done before to this scale, I can see the the Academy saying, hey, let's, let's give Endgame the Oscar. And it just basically be an Oscar representing all of these films. I can see it happening. What do you think? Do you think that that's a possibility? I'm sure. Uh, I don't know that they would call it, you know, picture of the year or whatever, but I mean, it's, it needs something, you know, cinematography, you know, special effects. I don't know. Yeah. We'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, I, I would say so. But I mean, like I said, the Return of the King, I wouldn't necessarily call it the best of the three movies. But I mean, there was a sort of an understanding that that Oscar was for all three films. They basically waited for that last film. And so especially with, like I said, the fact that Black Panther got an Oscar nod, I can see them, you know, pulling the trigger and giving it best picture. That's definitely something we're going to wind up following and we'll see what happens. We'll see uh, how my prediction goes, but we will definitely leave it at that. And boy, have we had a, for a one subject uh, podcast, we have been going on for a while, but I knew it was going to take time, but we, uh, but of course next week we'll go back to uh, talking about uh, geek news. And uh, we'll obviously there'll be more uh, end game news because uh, this movie's going strong and it's, it doesn't seem like it's going to end anytime soon. And so as as that story develops, of course, we'll continue talking about it for sure. And so with that said, we come to the end of episode 65 of the Geek Watch podcast. Thank you for listening and tune in next week for the latest in geek news and views with the Geek Watch podcast. For Mandy Petrie, this is Brian Hatcher reminding all the geek watchers out there, we're all geeky about something. Be proud of yours. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Geek Watch podcast. If you enjoyed this program, don't forget to like and subscribe on your preferred platform and share this podcast on your social media. For links to all the ways you can listen to the Geek Watch podcast, as well as leave comments and suggestions, visit our website at geekwatch.net. 
The Geek Watch Podcast is a Hanging J production.